nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Perry. Uh, joining me tonight, uh, we have a guest, Cody, uh, uh, former uh, Puerto Rican national goalkeeper, uh, former OKC Energy, uh, who I formerly have called Mr. Manbun for many, many, many years. <laughs> Thanks second, for that. <laughs> second best beard in USL uh, for the longest time. I'll take it. Um, for that here, although you could argue on that here. Uh, and then Royce and Rafa. Uh, before we really get into the conversation, I'm going to kick it to Rafa to kind of talk about what happened in Liga MX last night, because that, you know, unfortunately is a story that does need to be told and covered. And uh, who, who better to discuss it than Rafa, who who follows Liga, M uh, Liga MX very closely? Yeah, last night, like I said, um, I was kind of channel surfing, watching some of the games and noticed on that 62 minute that fight breakout there at Queretaro versus Atlas and just the aftermath of the whole thing is just horrendous to see all those people running into the stadium, running from the violence and just total chaos. And to see all those people that basically beat, get beat up to a pulp, you know, to me, it was just a, the, probably the biggest embarrassment that Liga MX has ever had in their history. And, and I'm hopeful that, you know, that the Liga MX is president and all the owners really kind of take this more serious as far as play up, uh, you know, not only player, player safety, uh, player safety, but also fan safety too. And, you know, you know, some of the stadiums have taken measures, you know, around the league, but you know, this lack of, you know, effort by, you know, by the police there, and Queretaro and just not no urgency to kind of help these people there. They're, you know, just if you seeing the images, like I said, it's just just horrific, and there's no excuse to have this, you know, at a game. Period. And you know, we I think hopefully the fans over there, you know, they've gone through pretty much a lot, especially with the, with FIFA, with the whole chat and so forth. But this is just another black eye, and and hopeful, like I said, on on Tuesday or Tuesday Wednesday. Uh, I think they decided what they're going to talk about as far as the the safety, the what procedures they're going to do as far as with get out what they're going to do. I did hear some things about that we're no longer going to play at the stadium. That all activities are going to be suspended. Um, and as far as playing for forward, as far as the players with the get out that's still up in the air. Some are wanting them to kick them out of the league. They may take the team away from the league and you know relocate it somewhere else as punishment for what happened. Uh, we'll find out more, hopefully, I, I think on Wednesday after they have that meeting with the owners and the president on what, what you know 
what's what's going to occur from this. But, you know, just want to send out my prayers all to the people who were affected by it. You know, we're still still conflicted. We don't know if there was an actual fatality. Some have, have reported it, some haven't. It's still kind of mixed. I've been trying to do some going through all my sources, like uh, MiedoTempo.com, To The End, The Azteca. Uh, they've all kind of been conflicting on what's really, as far as whose injuries and then you know fatalities and so forth but hopefully in the more more of the truth will come out in these next few days cody i have a question for you as a player and hopefully you've never been in that type of situation uh for that here but as a player does how does that impact you know if you are playing uh you know for either team for atlas or uh Cutero, can never get the ours rolled Right. Um, but how does that affect, you know, if, if you are a player, for, you know, for a Cutiero, does it make it harder to come back um, and play wherever that you're playing? Or, you know, is it is it just you're so focused on, on the game? Yeah, I would. Well, I would say if I was, you know, for, I've been fortunate to not be in a, be in a situation like that. But um, if if it were to occur and then having a again, you talk about you talk about your, your focus. I mean, that's, uh, that's primary, you know, safety and and security and knowing that, uh, you know, there, there's very little barrier between you and the, and the fan that's, that's unnerving, you know? So I, I mean, look, everybody's human, even though, even like the most focused player has got to be, (laughs) you got to be thinking twice. Royce, any comments from you on the situation? Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's tragic. And it, this is something that you may have seen like in the hooligan days back in the 60s, 70s, right. 80s in England. And and unfortunately, you did see it um, uh, with a lot of English fans uh, and a lot of Russian fans. Um, hooligans just went through. Um, I know when the Euros, not the last years, but the Euros before that, there was a lot of violence. Uh, a lot of Russian fans were, uh, but it was Russian. It was English. I remember that. And both um, both fan groups were um, <clears throat> uh, uh, punished, admonished for that. Um, but nothing, nothing like what you saw because what the violence that you saw um, – I, I can't believe it was yesterday, but yes, the violence you saw yesterday was in the stadium and it was out of control. There was zero police presence. There were zero authorities. I saw one cop in, in all the videos that I saw, and I don't want to talk about how many videos I saw. It was stupid and I shouldn't have done it. Don't look, don't don't do look for the videos. <laughs> don't do it. It's bad. It is the worst. Of humanity, you think the war and everything going on in Ukraine and Russia is bad? Uh, that's the worst of humanity because you have families there. It's supposed to be a family friendly environment, and there are people getting the life beaten out of them. Um, but the I saw one cop the entire time who was in right gear and they were escorting the players off of the field into the locker rooms. That's it, that is the only cop I saw the entire time. There were people that were trying to take control and separate people unsuccessfully. Um, but that's the that's it. There was no police presence. And that's horrific. 
And that is something that every team, every league can learn from is you need a police presence if you're about for that. The control, even the players are trying to control the fans, telling them to settle down and Mm -hmm. they wouldn't listen. What what the pollen thing is that some of the fans are tearing the stadium apart, Mm -hmm. making poles and giving trash cans, being the hell out of other people and stuff. And and you saw families in videos running away with their kids. And you saw there's... you saw families have to take their kids' jerseys off of them mm-hmm. because they were afraid they were going to get attacked because they were wearing a certain jersey. Yeah, that is actually, embarrassing. There was a story that they uh, helped this one little, I guess, little girl. She took off her Querétaro jersey that was autographed and gave it to a Atlas fan so the Atlas fan wouldn't get right. beat up. And That's... they her a little hero about it, and it's, it's like that shouldn't be happening here. No. One thing I, I'm, I'm going to bring up is FIFA is looking at this too. They right? should be, and, yeah, and, as they should. And and here's the thing: we have the World Cup coming up in 2026 with, with yeah. Mexico, United States, and Canada. This is not a good thing going into that situation, and, and they're and the FIFA is going to question them as, to the soccer, Mexican Soccer Federation: Can you handle? Hosting games because after yeah. after this, and and I think Ligon Mekis is really the soccer Frederick Mexican soccer is really is gonna have to step it up to get on, on FIFA's good graces and not have an incident from here on out until um, you know here all the way to 2026. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have exactly. to really step on eggshells to make sure that yeah, not because they're gonna they're gonna end up losing post you know hosting duties for that for that World Cup. Exactly. I mean, you you think a middle middle of the season Querétaro or Atlas at Querétaro game is going to be insane? Wait until you have a Brazil Argentina final or a Brazil Argentina quarterfinal or England versus Scotland, which would be amazing. I would love to see that. England versus Germany, the ever fun rivalry for different reasons. I mean, um, you think that's going to be bad? You know, you think Atlas at Querétaro is bad? Those are going to be worse, and you need to show that you can control a crowd. Yeah, for sure. And I'll say this to bring it more locally here. Um, the last playoff game between San Antonio FC and RGV, there was rumors of something that was going to happen. Um, and I think a lot of us felt that SAFC overreacted by moving RGV fans into a completely different area. I think this is a prime example of why they do that. Is That's um, correct. Did they overreact? Uh, I have a secondary question for you. Did anything really happen violent? Not really. Did they kick out fans way too early? Maybe, maybe not. But guess what? Nothing happened. So the only thing that did happen was SAFC beat the crap out of RGV on the field three to one. That (laughs) did happen. Those are facts. The same same incident when we went down there to RGV that first year when they opened HEB Park. We're yes. Outside her bus, and we had some hooligans from RGV taunting us, and one of them actually pulled his pants down in front of the cops, and the cops was not going to tolerate that, so they sent him packing home. So both was it, both was it supporters was it Lauren Obert's husband out of out of the game because I remember we, I went down on the bus, and and unfortunately some uh, SAFC supporters did not uh, get to watch the second half. Well, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So, but that's what's that's what's needed is not not not, not tolerate. Stuff like that, and 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 everybody, and I think the safety. I think the SAFC does a good job when it comes to that. Uh, but you know, and I think even like I said, MLS does too. 
mm-hmm. as well. But you know, Liga MX is you know they haven't had many incidents like this. Yeah, you have your little scuffles here and there, but n- nothing like the chaos of what happened last night. And like I said, this is going to be a black eye for for a long time. And you know, this may even affect the, the national team game on the twenty fourth. Yeah. You know, you know, are, are they, they even allowed fans yet? Uh, they're not allowed. Fans, are they? Yeah. yeah. And you know, if I'm, you know, if the U.S. national team fans are thinking about going to Mexico City, they may not. They may think right. twice. Yeah. After seeing that, and you know, it's 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 something that's going to be on the back of their mind about you know actually going down there, even though the Azteca is is securely right. You know, they have a lot of security there. They do a good job, you know. To protecting fans and so forth, but still, that's always being back in mind. What, you know, what could happen if some, if there's a miscommunication or something that allows them to get into access to them? So that's something that's going to be looking you know, talked about in the next next yeah. few weeks, as it should. So, you know, I know uh, we started the show on Wednesday when we did the high school show. Uh, number one, uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody in Ukraine. Um, like I said here, just like any other show on here, you know, we, yeah. we definitely, anything you can do to help support Ukraine, please do. Um, and then the other major story, um, that happened the afternoon of uh, Wednesday. Um, unfortunately the captain of the Stanford women's soccer team, uh, goalkeeper, uh, Kitty Meyer passed away. Uh, unfortunately, um, it was by suicide and I know. Uh, that was something that we tried to highlight last year uh, quite a bit. Um, so if, you know, I'm sure all of our DMs are open or if you need to reach out to, to somebody, I know you can reach out to me. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk and listen, you know, whatever that you need. Um, just do, like I said here, you know, such a young talent and, and unfortunately gone uh, way, way too soon uh, for that here, um, for that here. So, but after the sad news and, and disappointing news and upsetting news, Cody, <laughs> when we set this up, it was supposed to be, hey, you know, let's talk about Cody and, and your playing career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. There's no easy way to transition from that here. Of course. Uh, but in kind of doing my, uh, uh, you know, my my studying a little bit on Cody. Uh, I found out that Cody was actually on the bench uh, for my first uh, soccer game here in San Antonio, which was the Scorpions versus uh, the Puerto Rico Islanders. Uh, yes. And he unfortunately got the best of San Antonio that night as well. I, I see a trend happening here with Cody uh, playing San Antonio here, unfortunately, here. So, hey, you guys have had your fair share. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Campos missed a bunch of PKs. <laughs> yes, that was a, a, a Pablo Campos days. Uh, I think Daryl Sattler was on the team. Yes, um, starting goalkeeper. West West Knight. I don't know. You know those those names, those faces. That's that's a throwback because that was at the high school stadium. That's uh, Heroes. Yeah, yeah. Is that's the one that's adjacent to the right. stadium, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, correct. Um, I think what ten, eleven thousand uh, were, were there yeah. for the first game. What uh, a great environment! It was it was awesome. But, it was it was awesome. Yeah, I saw that you were on Puerto Rico at that time, and I was like, I wonder if he was on the bench. So I went trying to find, yep. you know, and I found the uh, score sheet for it. But, unfortunately, you know, well, fortunately for you, you know, uh, right. the, the starter, you weren't subbed in uh, for that here. But uh, so he started there. Then, of course, he uh, spent a year with Fort Lauderdale. Uh, probably the big move was to uh, uh, MLS uh, LA Galaxy 2, mm-hmm. uh, where he spent a couple of seasons there. 
Um, to me, 2015, uh, you went, when I looked at the team here with the Austin Aztec just up the road here, uh, that 2015 team, you know, they did beat the, the Scorpions 2-0 in Open Cup, which looking back here probably is not a surprise because uh, they had Ryan uh, Rochando, Chris right. Tierpak, Max Gunderson, Kaylin Ryden, Mickey Ambrose. Yep. Um, you and the goals. Tony, so. Tony Roca. How did you guys not make the playoffs? That's my question. <laughs> That's a good question. Look, I, I was um, I, I came in there after after a year with the Galaxy Two, and um, I was I'll, I'll be very diplomatic in my response. I was uh, I say promised a fair shot at the starting position, and it wasn't to be. So I sat uh, I sat the bench quite a lot that season, mm-hmm. and that was the year that um, we had a tremendously bad. Uh, weather actually hit Austin and house park. Yeah. It actually lifted up that turf, which uh, from being completely honest with you, it was terrible anyway. Um, And then we had to, we played up, up North in, uh, in the round rock area. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that, that, that team, that's a, I'll just, again, be honest. It it was, um, it was a little bit of uh, paralysis by analysis when it came down to, um, you know what we're going to do day you know game in and game out and there wasn't really this this feeling of uh you know freedom mm-hmm. um so it was, it was it was it was difficult good learning experience don't get me wrong but it was definitely difficult having said that some players from that team went on to have very good and still are having very good careers and then of course you made the trek after that to Oklahoma City Energy where uh, you ended up your career at uh, for that here, I know it ended a little shorter than what you were hoping for here, um, you know, for that here. But uh, to me, uh, I'll never forget the playoffs, uh, you know, where uh, Oklahoma City came in and, you know, advanced on PKs uh, for that here. Because I don't think I don't think we scored at all. Right. It was it was so bad. <laughs> well, I, I, I was actually out injured with that in that match. As why, well. why are we reliving these games? Well, we got to prep him up. You know, it's, it's yeah. Bill, he, <laughs> gotta, he came onto the show. We, we got we got we got to talk him up a little it, bit. It doesn't make the wounds hurt any less, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Cody, you're you're amazing. We get it. We get. Thanks. Well, well, I mean, let, let's, uh, again, the the environment that you guys had have been able to create uh, in San Antonio is always as a, a as you know an opposing player. Um, it was really exciting to to come there, to play in that environment. Obviously, a wonderful stadium. Um, the support that you show your team is is second to none, and I, I mean that genuinely because uh, you, you go to some of these environments and it's like, you know, it's like somebody popped the air out of the balloon. It's like, man, how how can I get myself amped up when I'm playing in front of 13 people? You know, and then you go play. Also- play <clears throat> And then you play, you know, San Antonio on the road and it's, wow, this is a proper environment. You get people uh, exchanging pleasantries. I'll say that much um, <laughs> as I'm standing there and, you know, enjoying, enjoying a couple uh, adult beverages. Um, but that's, that would be me. You've cultivated the environment. That's a cool place to be. It's like a, it, it's a, it, it's a cool ticket to have, if you will, if you're a supporter. Mm-hmm. And from the opposition standpoint, it's like, man, I'm really excited to go play in front of some some pretty intense fans in in, in against a really really good team. Because generally generally speaking, uh, you know, always formidable. 
So all things considered, man, you guys, you guys got one of the better setups in the league. So I, well, I wanted to bring you on to kind of talk about uh, the, the role, the role transition from playing career to being an agent. Um, But I do also want to talk about the, the goalkeeper union. Um, Mm -hmm. Rafa's, uh, you know, the goalkeeper uh, coach, you know, specialty, Um, but just kind of how special is that? You know, I, you know, you know, especially you and Matt, I think are fairly close uh, or communicate. Um, you and Diego, I've seen some interactions yep. on in, in just through there, but uh, kind of talk a little bit about the goalkeeper union and, and then kind of how small of a circle that really is. Yeah, of course. Well, it, it, it kind of, uh, it surrounds the fact that you're an outlier in a team sport. What we do is totally different than, you know, than, than the rest of the guys. Um, add, add in to that, that, you're not a striker who can miss nine out of 10 and still be considered the hero. Right. So the margin of error is very small. Um, So there's, there's a level of empathy that you develop when you go through it, because you understand you're never going to master the craft. You can only hope to uh, get as, uh, as sharp at it as you possibly can through your, through your work and through your endeavor. Uh, The other thing is, is it's something, and I could speak to this uh, personally, you, there's no instant gratification with this. I spent, I spent seven years as a backup um, before I got my first real opportunity to be the starter. So you're, you know, you're busting your butt, you know, for seven years for the privilege to sit on the bench. And that's something that while as goalkeepers, you have a longer shelf life in terms of being able to play longer, but that's, that's something that not many people are able to have that patience and that, um, that confidence in, in themselves that, you know, I keep doing the right things. I keep stacking good day on top of good day. Things will happen for me. Um, so understanding the mental side of what goes into being a goalkeeper, I think is what kind of bonds us um, together. Um, and we understand that, you know, you could have a, you could be solid for 89 minutes and then one lapse of judgment or, or one great strike. I mean, you watched LA play Charlotte last night, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 then they start asking quite, I'm not saying that instance specifically, but then they'll say, Oh, what could the keeper have done better? Or, you know, so you're always being, you're under, always under the microscope um, because there's nobody behind you, you know? So that I think is what develops the empathy, you know, the, the empathy towards your fellow goalkeeper and kind of what brings us close because of those shared experiences. Rafa Royce, do you guys have any questions? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, real quick. I was just going to comment. I I completely agree. Goalkeeper is the most underrated, and I say this as a kid who – I played baseball growing up. Um, I tried baseball in college, that whole thing. Uh, So uh, when I played soccer, I would always play with the uh, International Students Union. I played with with kids from the Middle East, but kids from Mexico and just all over. And it was just – it was a lot of fun. Uh, I was terrible at my feet, so I always play goalkeeper. But it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a position that has the most um, um, the most influence on XG, um, and that's the big stat around is expected goals. And the goalkeeper is the most underrated stat in all that because that's the dude that's literally keeping the ball out of the net, and that's the dude who's giving up the goal. So uh, you had <clears throat> let's give a recent example. Um, 
you had Leeds United, and I paid most attention to this because it was Jesse Marsh's first um, game with Leeds United, mm-hmm. but they had an over 2 XG, and and Leicester had a 0.15 XG. Leicester won one to nothing, and why? Because Casper uh, Schmeichel, or Casper, right? Yeah, he was yeah. the man of the match, easily the man yep. of the match. Um, and at the same rate, uh, you're talking about being under the microscope. Robert Green in 2010 and 2009 had one of the best seasons of all time for any goalkeeper uh, in the Premier League. He has one fumble against Clinton. What do you remember him for? Thank God. Exactly. And that's what you remember him for is that little fumble against Clinton Dempsey, which thank God it was amazing. And (laughs) I would not trade that for anything. But at the same time, he was one of the best goalkeepers. He had one of the best seasons of any goalkeeper of the Premier League era. He has one mistake in the World Cup, and it's magnifying that much, and that's what everybody knows him by. So, yeah, yep. I completely agree. Rafa, anything for you? Uh, I mean, goalkeeping is probably one, probably the most important position on there because you're a field general. You're commanding the, the defense. Because like I would tell my keepers, and if they score on you, it's because your, def- your defense is not doing a good job defending. Uh, if now if you fumble the ball, you or like yesterday I saw when the ball went through the hand. Okay, then then that's your fault. But yeah, right. your, your defense has to do their job before they get to you. So you know that's that's just that's my you know goalkeeping theory on that. And and but like I said, it's 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 a sometimes it's also a thankless job because you you know those kids do give up a lot and and it takes a special player to be a goalkeeper like i when i first started playing i started as a goalkeeper before i ended up playing up up top and and that was my advantage you know going especially when i got into coaching so i know how to read defenses and offenses and just to kind of when i do my coaching with my goalkeepers kind of what to look out what to kind of start learn how to measure up as far as things like hey what this what do you see here what you know what can you do here stuff like that and then just working on technique and so forth but it's always a thankless job. They always say, "Well, it's the goalie's fault. He's the one that that messed up. He's the one that cost us the game." And blah blah blah. Just like carry us on that the World Champions right. League against Real Madrid. Right. You do something like that with well, that. That's yeah. Different. Yeah. And and you talk about the position itself has changed massively over the in the last five to seven years. Um, you're no longer just expected to to save shots. You know, you're, you're meant to be able to break lines on passing in very dangerous areas of the field, right? You're meant to stay connected with your defenders to the point where they can press higher up the field so more goal, more opportunities, uh, you know, for, for your team can happen on goal. Um, and you, so you, 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 you run a, a high-risk um, type of style of, of, of play, and, and everybody wants to implement that. Um, but – while there's value there, I think there's also like the goalkeepers that I coach still. I tell them, look, save the ones you're supposed to save, right? Don't worry about top stage, you know, the upper 90, top stance, whatever you want to call it. Um, the the highlight reel saves. No, save the ones that you're supposed to save. Be connected, be vocal, communicate, set your players up in a position so they can, can succeed. And you're going to have a very, very long playing career. Um, but it, it's a it's a constantly evolving position, um, and none more so than the goalkeeping position over the past five to seven years. And then you know my biggest thing is you got to have a short memory because um, yeah. if you know people make mistakes you know all over the field. 
Exactly. Um, if you make a mistake early, there's still whatever 80 minutes left in the game to be able to recover and rebound for it here. So um, I know I tell AJ plays and, and you can see where he makes a mistake and he you know puts his head down. I'm like, just keep your head up, keep playing. You'll work through it um, for that here. Um, to transition to the final topic here, uh, you're now an agent. Uh, so you made the transition uh, from a playing career to a successful agent here for there. Can you kind of tell me how that happened here? Because I think a lot of times people, you know, you know, for instance, Diego, uh, you know, is now the uh, goalkeeping coach for DC United. You see a right. lot, lot go either more the academy, you know, path there, there, but you don't see a lot of people go to the, uh, the, the uh, player rep side to be able to represent them and stay in the game that way. So can you tell me kind of how that process went for you and, and uh, how that, how that happened? Of course. Yeah. Look, I, I've wanted to do this, I'd say for the past five years. Um, I just think, I think, especially at the USL championship level, guys are not prepared to make that next step when the time comes to, to hang them up. Right. Uh, it's a front loaded career path in terms of earning potential. So you're not a doctor or a lawyer who's getting started at 30. You know, you're, if you're a field player, you're, winding down those are the those are the twilight years of your of your career if you're lucky enough to have them um and i just saw i saw a lot of guys over the year and i've just observed guys really struggle with finding their footing post playing career because they put so much and i'm not it's not a, i'm not faulting them but you have to be so singularly focused on the endeavor of making it as a professional and not just making it but staying there right so it's a 24 7 365 job we don't really have time to think about okay well what's my next step well with me i love i i love being a professional soccer player but i knew it was coming to an end right and it didn't affect my preparation it didn't affect you know how i interacted with my teammates i love the team environment but um, and I think this kind of differentiates me from others is that going into coaching while I enjoy it and I coach at the youth level, coaching in the professional level is so volatile. I don't I, I, I don't want I, I want to be in business for myself and obviously represent players and, and have players trust me. So I work for them, but I want my effort to really dictate my own personal success. You can be say you're a goalkeeper coach, right? Um you can you can have your goalkeeper have 10, 10 shutouts right in a, in a in a in a year, but one coaching change and you're gone. I'm not I'm not interested in that it, it, right now at this point in my life. I'm not interested in that 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 volatility. So for me, um, you know, seeing those players kind of un, unsure of what they want to do post playing career, on top of the fact of getting involved with the USL Players Players Association back in 2018 really kind of uh, ignited the fire of interest in, in, in helping, in being able to be an, uh, an extension of the player off the field and to be able to give advice based off of experience. So that's, that's my approach is that my value to a player is not just, hey, I'm going to get you a contract and it's going to be more money than it was last year and you, you can thank me. No, it's, hey, we, the, the contract is very, in my opinion, and how I operate, it's a very small portion. I tell all of my clients, I am here with you through the good and through the bad, right? If things are going great, I'm here to be your best, you know, your number one cheerleader. And if things aren't going so great, pick up the phone, call me. If you're going through something, it's probably something I've gone through. 
Um, and and I want to I want to be of service to people, and I want to see people, young people, succeed. And I want through the connections that I've made throughout the years to maybe open a door for a player and and be able to experience uh, you know a goal achievement that maybe I'm not saying I'm the I hold the lot the key here, but maybe I can play a small role in in their success. So for me, it was just it was a it was a natural tra- transition. Um, uh, and one that I'm going to keep at, you know, at, at the end of year one, I still got a couple more of that to, to finish up, but I'm, I'm closing in on 30, 30 players that I represent both on the men's and the women's side. Um, I'm, I want to take this as far as I possibly can. How, how does the CBA play in it? Uh, I know yeah. that's something that came in that you had a part with it. How, how does that kind of play in and how does that improve? Uh, playing conditions for when, especially when you started playing till now, especially at the D2 and, and yeah. you know, D3 USL League One. NISA, well, NISA doesn't have one, but I think USL League One is going to, rumors are is that they're going to try to mirror uh, what, what the championship put in. And then I also think with the Super League, uh, there's also talks uh, on the women's side that they're going to try to copy with what the USL champion and uh, champion uh, did with the USLPA as well. Yeah. So I'll be very frank. Um, I really, really have a bad taste in my mouth from the years where um, clubs would take advantage of young people's willingness to bet on themselves. And what I mean by that is zero dollar contracts. Um, it was it it was um, clubs that would take on these players that there was little to no risk and only reward. And I feel if you are, um, you know, if you are spending your energy, if you are chasing a goal, if you are, you know, trying to make it, then with a specialized skill, then there's a there's a compensation factor that needs to be associated with that. Um, the league itself, um, in my opinion, cannot pr- promote themselves as the world's fastest growing Division Two league without the other side of it and the other side being paying a decent way, a living wage for young people. Now I'm not saying they have to back up the Brinks truck, right? But, you know, contract standardization to where guys aren't having to go work at a, you know, a second job when they get done training uh, and then be, you know, uh, scolded on the weekend if they make a mistake uh, in, in, a, in a match I just think those things, those things cannot coexist, right? If America wants to be, you know, the, the, this great footballing nation, which we can, then there has to be a financial investment in, in the players. Right. And now I think, I think what has happened very quickly, not, I think, I know what has happened is, and, and you guys are a perfect example of this with, uh, um, with Gallegos and with um, who was the, the young player a couple seasons ago. Piranha, Christian Piranha. Yeah. Piranha then you right? had Gomez uh, from Louisville City that moved yes. over and a couple right. from Orange County. Yeah. Yep. So very quickly, Division Two USL Championship Soccer, in my opinion, has gone from these markets being like, oh, isn't this great? Oh, shucks kind of mentality. We have a soccer team to, oh, no, this is a legitimate way of making money. The mm-hmm. problem is, in my and I feel very strongly about this. The problem is people that are in the front offices of these clubs don't understand the business that they're in. There's good ones. I think San Antonio, I think they're, they've gotten better, but there are a lot of front offices where it's still in that mindset of, oh, shucks, isn't this awesome? We have a local soccer team. 
no, that's that, yeah, that's great back in 2014. But fast forward, right? Get with the times, evolve, and realize that you can develop a player and then sell that talent on for hundreds of thousands of dollars that can potentially fund your, you know, your half half of your starting eleven for <laughs> for the calendar calendar year. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's that's where we're at right now. Right. You know, I think with the CBA, I think why that's valuable is you're going to get a better product because these teams have to do their homework on who they're bringing in. They can no longer just say, oh, yeah, we'll bring in somebody and we'll give them $50 a month. It's not going to cost us anything. But if he lights the world on fire, then we can promote the heck out of him that he's one of ours and we identified this talent. No, if you are going to win, if you're going to be successful in this league, you have to recruit well. You have to you have to get guys that you're going to get buy you know buy in from them because you know that you're going to have the ups and the downs of a season like you always do, um, and and you're going to get, in my opinion, a better product for it. I I 100% agree with you. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to cover three points. Let's see, let's see if I remember them. Um, Number one, um, I'm a I'm a really big fan. I, I don't know if you're a hockey fan at all. I'm a big fan of the um, uh, Steve Dangle podcast network. They have a one of their shows is called Agent Provocateur, and basically they okay. interview a hockey agent, um, and it's fascinating. And one of the big things that they really hammer on, and something that I I used to in a past life when I was in college, I used to sell sporting goods, and I would sell a lot of custom stuff to um, uh, professional agents. And I would talk to those agents and most of the agents I talked to, uh, they came into prominence because they had a lot of connections in Puerto Rico or the Dominican or Venezuela. And they would bring these kids and they would represent them. And the kids, you know, shell shocked. It's a big Mm -hmm. culture shock to come from those places where, um, and there's a, there's a real famous movie. Well, uh, I I like the movie. It's called, uh, I think it's called sugar or azúcar. Obviously they mean the same thing, but it's basically about a a kid that came from the Dominican Republic that has, does not know one word of English and they throw him in the middle of Iowa and tell him, figure it out. You're here to play baseball. Um, And that's why agents like, I mean, that's why agents are so important. And these, you know, they guide these people through, like you said, these ups and downs that they're going to go through in a career. Oh yeah. You had a bad game. Hmm. Well, it happens, happens all of us, uh, you know, and that's, that's why agents are very important. And like you said, it's not just a numbers game. It's not, you're right. not there just to be an arbiter. You're right. there to support these kids and having right. three players is that's, that's a heck of a, that's a heck of a I, uh, portfolio that thing, you're supporting in that. Thank you. Thank you. One, th- one thing to note is, especially when it, when it comes to these negotiations, most the experiences that I've had over the past winter winter transfer window period whatever you want to call it um most have been pretty uh, i don't say cut and dry but like any negotiation it's okay you can't do this but can you do this and mm-hmm. for the most part you know people are pretty easy to 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 work with there's there's some outliers where it's like it's not a negotiation even though they say it is i start asking questions hey you know can we what about bringing his goal bonus up 50 bucks oh no can't do it what about the assist can we bring the assists up a little bit no right. we can't do that Okay, well then it's not a negotiation, right? So don't exactly. tell me that's a negotiation. Exactly. That that is where the the from the contractual side, that's where there's value because I can be that buffer most, and I'm not faulting any player, 
nobody wants to be in that situation when they're negotiating. Sometimes uh, their coach is also the technical director who's responsible for this. So you don't want the player and the, and and very few people feel comfortable genuinely trying to ask for what they want. I have no problem doing that. And I'll right. do it in a way where it's respectful, uh, respectful. I'm not going to go in there all guns blazing, right? Slam down on the table and say, uh, you know, it's this way or, or you know, <laughs> I want the highway. Hollywood right? lawyer type. Yeah, no, that's that. that <laughs> no, no. Because then, because, because ultimately that affects repeat business, right? I, I want to keep my relationship mm-hmm. strong, good. And look, yeah, there's some people I wouldn't go have a beer with. But like I said, there's, there's most people are reasonable people. And you know what? They understand that, hey, $200, $200 extra dollars at the USL, let's say, League One level makes all the difference. Makes all oh, yeah. the difference, man. That's And I say this genuinely. That is the difference sometimes between a guy buying groceries and buying an extra pair of boots for the season. That is right. – I know that sounds fabricated or – you know, no, that's the truth. That's the truth. Not at all. I had, I mean, I've had friends um, that played in various minor league systems, Washington National System, the Detroit Tiger System, the Los Angeles Angels System. And yeah, um, <clears throat> it's insane. Now, obviously, this is going to be a big sore topic for me right now because there is the labor versus the ownership negotiations with MLB and it, they're locked out right now. And it, I'm angry about it. But um, uh, a, a big thing that they that the owners have been getting away with for years is not having to pay these kids housing and these kids make they don't even make minimum wage they are so far be, below the poverty line that they have to have a second job in the off season and even those jobs you know they barely get over the poverty line there it's and like you said they're betting on themselves they're betting that their talent will see that and it it doesn't happen a lot unfortunately um right. Uh, didn't, didn't they try to argue that like preseason preseason experience like they're being paid an experience yeah yeah exactly no that that's it minor leaguers have almost never been paid for spring training they've almost never been paid for spring spring training that's not whenever you get an invite to camp right. it's literally an invite to camp hey come on right. and try to make the team so you right. can make that three hundred thousand dollar minimum game right you know, minimum right. uh wage but that's it. They minor leaguers have never been paid for spring training. Well, they maybe have, maybe they can put it in a, in a, in a contract, but for the most part, it is not a normal thing. And it's also not a normal thing to get their housing paid for, which ironically in this off season, they announced the owners announced, yeah, we'll pay for all minor leaguers housing, which typically minor league players will stay in a hotel. They'll stay in like, right. uh, Right. uh, An an extended stay Kenwood suites or whatever. Um, Right. But um, and what yeah, is it to them? What, what is it to the what is it to the owners? The and what is it? What does that mean to the players? Right? Think about that. That's exactly. Small. That's peanuts when it comes to a concession. Exactly. You know what it is? As as simple as it is, it's the owner getting on the phone to his marketing agent and telling him, "Hey, go in the outfield and put a giant holiday end sign in the outfield," and boom. Yep. We- just pay for exactly. all of that's as simple as it is it's exactly. real estate it's not even money and yeah and they're still reluctant yeah. to do it and that's how nickel and dime these owners are yeah don't get me started there it's, <laughs> so bad at that. let's transition slightly to uh let's transition slightly to more of the um um uh more of the 
the the CBA being a really good thing for the league, I think it's a massive thing for the league because it's it's not just going to be seen from, and this is going to be from an international stance. Um, I know it's a big thing for international leagues to look at MLS and to look at USL uh, and to just start, oh, that kid's fast, that kid's fast, let's pick this guy, let's pick this guy for, you know, peanuts uh, rather than going to Mexico and because or, or going to Brazil and automatically a kid's Brazilian. That is a seven-figure deal right there automatically, but because he's in the U.S., you can get him for you know yeah fractions five six figures um exactly but um the cba and usl i think is going to legitimize legitimate legitimatize whatever um it's late um it's going to legitimate legitimize the the league for international players to come to the u.s to play because they're going to see holy crap you have they have to provide health care for you Holy yeah. crap, they have to pay housing for you. Holy crap, they have to pay meals for you. And they have to pay you a, a minimum salary on top yeah. of that. Sign yeah. me the hell up for that. Yeah. It, and like you said, it's not the $0 contracts anymore. It's not, you know, it, uh, unfortunately, what and it, he he was not under a $0 contract. I'm confident he was compensated very well. But Christian Prana, when he came over, he was basically kicked out of every possible league in Argentina because nobody wanted to bet on this kid. He comes to right. San Antonio and freaking lights it up. And right now he's in the Greek right. league, lighting it up. So, I, yeah, I, it's and crazy. I think, I, I think what's important, too, because there still is not a um, there, there's no purse for winning the championship, which I believe right. should change. Yes, that is that's a that's like a case study almost of, OK, are, do we hold on to him? Do we think do we think that we can recoup? the money in ticket sales for let's say half of the season or should we try to sell him now and and receive any sort of any sort of transfer fee so that's a that's a cost cost benefit analysis that that clubs have to do too and but that's what i'm talking about in terms of understanding the business that you're in right and saying wait a minute is the juice worth the squeeze yes he's a wonderful player yes he's 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 the metronome as i say he makes our team tick but what it what's the you know let's weigh this out here exactly exactly there's no purse for winning the championship so do we roll the dice and keep this guy here or do we try to sell him right and and make x amount of dollars i don't know what the the figure was or would have been that that's what i'm talking about you're kind of going into usl championship two or three or 4.0 whichever whichever one it is so you know, that's that, and that's good. I think that's a really, really good thing. The other thing that I think is important that we're going to see more of this year is you're not going to have the, the a lot of USL championship teams have had the luxury of utilizing MLS loans. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to see that at the San same Antonio. Rate. Yeah, you're yeah, not going to see that at a the lot same rate because of the MLS next. Right. And, right. and I think it's wonderful that more and more players like conservatively, conservatively speaking, in one offseason. 200 plus jobs opened up right with the implementation of of the mls next pro and i don't think it's a coincidence that they're they're offering uh usl championship money to players which they Mm -hmm. are right so that so so competent players have not expanded at the same uh rate as opportunity so it's really going to be important for these staffs to get it right with the player recruitment who they bring in you know, and, and, and maybe that means more opportunities for guys that may have been passed over, 
Um, but I think I think the more competition, the better. So so we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a very, very, very unique year. I think for me, because uh, probably three years ago, Scott and I did um, a podcast and we had a SAFC player that was retired mm-hmm. or he's retired now. Um, but we were talking about other. So SAFC, I think, has a reputation of paying fairly well or above average. We'll, we'll say that. Right. But there are other teams in the league that, you know, he, you know, he mentioned that there were good players. Uh, you know, he mentioned Reno and I'll mention Reno cause they're no longer in the league now yeah. um, that would play would, basically would have incentivized contracts only. So no, you know, you're not getting anything uh, for that here. If you don't play, you're not getting nothing, but of course you're still doing it. So I think the biggest advantage that I see, is that there's gonna it's gonna bring consistency between at least at the minimum level uh, for every team in you know hopefully all of USL um, you know you know above uh, USL League Two to where hey if you are gonna play in this league no matter which team you go to this is the minimum that you can expect and and right. you know you know if you go to Phoenix or you go to Tampa if you go to San Antonio Louisville you know the perks may be a little bit better just because you know, their budget may be bigger than than other teams um, along those lines. So to me, that's the biggest benefit for the league itself is they're creating, Hey, you know, if you come play in our league, this is the minimum that you can, you can expect. And I think as a player, maybe you can speak on this. That's that's a huge relief. A quick one about Reno. They were paying their guys bonuses in, uh, in, in, um, in, in chips, in poker chips. I heard that in Vegas too, as well. In Vegas too. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought you were gonna say gum. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to get paid in gum. Oh, no, no, no. The, the Vegas ridiculous. one, that, the, the Vegas one, that that a couple of years ago, that really that pissed a lot of people off, players wise, because they did a uh, halftime thing where they did the cash drop. Yes. Out of the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you got guys on zero dollar contracts. Like take take whatever whatever that was financially. It was five thousand dollars. Put that right. back into. The, you know, uh, go go well, take care of plus meals. plus the operating cost of the helicopter. Yeah, right, exactly, and the fine I think you yeah. had to pay because you flew it too low. It, it what a jackass. I, I'm sorry, but that's like you got guys busting their butt to to make a name for themselves on zero dollar contracts, and then you got that. It's like I, I get that you're Vegas. I get that you're trying to live up to this uh, this concept, if you will, but it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. The Vegas so, didn't need it. They drew well. That, correct. That, that correct. was the that was the yeah. thing that frustrates, and it still frustrates me with Vegas. Yes, is even though LAFCs took them, you know, took right. over the the player movement, the fans still turn out. They yeah, they are a still point. a a you know they draw yeah. better than RGV as an example. Right. It's 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 right. And and I understand MLS is moving in there now. So and, and the writing's been on the on the wall for that. Right. But to me, it's you know i'm nowhere in your position but it's one of the things that frustrates me is vegas could have been like new mexico could have been like phoenix could, you know could have been one of those earmarks they had cashman field which was all going to be theirs they could have done what what tampa did you know with Lang, make it a proper uh soccer facility yes. as much as you can you know in a baseball facility but they could have done it and for whatever reason uh, they 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 chose not to yeah what was the second part of the question before I, ta- I was talking about the Reno uh, portion? Mine was just more about the consistency uh, from, you know, to where if you go from RGV to San Antonio to 
Oh yes, uh, yeah, through yeah. there here. How how? To me, you know, and I know Royce kind of touched on it. You know, for international players, but to me, even you know, for local players along those lines, to be able to go from one one club to another club and have that level of consistency on a league-wide right. side, I think right. is, is a huge plus. Yeah, rules and regulations are important. Um, and and a standard, uh, a standard of, of doing things is, it, 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 should be, it should be paramount. If you want anything to succeed, you can't just, you can't have these, um, yeah, use, I don't know, use Tampa, for example, Tampa or Phoenix, right? And then, uh, and then you go to a Loudon United, if you will, right? It, the the it, it's it's apples to oranges, right? You can't compare the two, even though you're in the same league. You're not in the same league. You know? Well, Tulsa is an example. Prior to the new ownership, yeah. Tulsa, yeah, exactly. Tulsa yeah. is a prime example yeah. where exactly. they 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 had a great name. And now with new ownership, they've done the rebrand. From everything that I've heard, you know, in speaking with you know friends up in Tulsa, they're doing things the right way. Right. Um, you know, for that here. And I know we want to get you out of here because we've had you almost for an hour and I do want to touch base on, on what's going on in Oklahoma yeah, exactly. city before, before we get too far uh, for that here. But to me, Tulsa is a prime example of if you get an ownership that is committed to the game and not just, you know, Hey, it's a date to fill the Correct. park up. Correct. Along those lines. No, you're, you're, you're spot on. And I think most clubs are moving in that direction and, and you're going to have, uh, I mean, Look where I'm sitting right now, my house, Oklahoma City. It's a perfect example of attrition, right? You have you have teams that come, teams that go. Do they come back? I'm not. I'm not optimistic. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I you know, I talked to quite a few. You know, uh, the soccer chef is example. Yes, Colin. Uh, is a person. Colin. He. Uh, um, he's very hesitant to say, "Hey, they're coming back here." I think um, if if uh, if you're you know, really genuinely talking about, okay, we're going on hiatus for a year. Look, I experienced it uh, three times, three times in my career, Austin being the most recent. There, There is no plan in place. I think they have one or two employees. And and if anything, the, the season starts this week or next week, I should say. Or no, this week. Yeah, yeah, this week. No, it's coming this, this right. Uh, so, so why why don't you have your your technical staff on the road scouting why don't you have a plan in place they don't they don't so don't tell me and don't tell the fans that that pay their hard-earned money to come watch and come support don't you know what in my pocket and tell me it's raining <laughs> you know right. it's 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 kind of like come on you know writing to me look can they could they pull a rabbit out their hat maybe maybe but again, I'm a I'm a pretty optimistic person by nature. Not optimistic that 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 they're going to be coming back next season. The reason why I don't think they are is if they really wanted to be playing, they could have found a alternative place. Exactly. Exactly. Correct. They did not exhaust all other opportunities. Right. There was look. OU is right down the road. OU's women's field is one of the nicest fields I've ever played on. Proper width, proper length. Great surface, it makes all the sense in the world. Not the turf that you love. Oh my god, <laughs> not yeah. that's the other thing. It's like not it, it, to, to me, they could have identified this problem the last game of the regular season. They could have gotten, I mean, they're using the the, the, the reasoning as the struct it's structurally unsafe. Okay, you've now had what four months, five months to, to get it. It could have been it could have been done. It could have been done. Yeah, that's you, you know, so so just be honest. Just be honest. 
it was a similar thing with i mean birmingham as an example um there they lost their turf uh, and by lost their turf i mean it died um <laughs> and so they had to switch fields and they were able to coordinate a field switch halfway through last season so uh, and they only missed one match and you're telling me uh, birmingham had what a week to do that right maybe two weeks at the most to do that and you can't you have to do that you can't that's that's New unfortunate Mexico. and i do know um austin bold as well <clears throat> go ahead yeah well sorry for interrupting but just new mexico and yeah. sporting kansas city two years ago they played their home match they played all all, all matches on the road mm-hmm. you know so it could be done look you could have gone up you yep. could have said okay listen we're not going to host any home games but i tell you what we're going to play tulsa four times this year four times we're going to we're going to have yeah. a bus in okc uh, you, you know, with paid admission, free drinks, we're taking care of you. We want to keep this alive, right? We want to keep the, the, the diehard support here and alive. That way we can roll into 2023 like we never sk- – and not skip a beat, right? There could have been solutions. Or 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 player games in Tulsa. Yeah, player games right. in Tulsa. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And I will say this. I think the reason why they're taking time off now is because OKC – Oklahoma City did pass a multi-purpose stadium. I think, and this is me, I think that they're going to wait till that gets ready to open up before they come back personally. Um, but James, before we let you go here, uh, yeah. Cody here, James did, does ask a, a pretty good question here. Does minimum salaries limit players making more money if owners agree to keep salaries low? So there's, I mean, there's no salary cap. Yeah, there's not. You know, there's no salary cap, so, so yeah, yeah even the roots found some turn. Exactly, Robert. Um, no, that's a, I mean, that's a good question. It's, 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 uh, I've not experienced that. I think, um, I think if you have a t- like a like personal ex- example here, I represent a gentleman by the name of Greg Hurst, and I'm not going to get into contract specifics, but starting f- uh, forward most likely for Phoenix Rising this year, so, if, uh, so preseason had, turns out, yeah. Yeah, he's done. He's done very well for. And and you want to talk about the humility side of it, uh, you know, and, and just somebody who has, is is switched on here. He, you know, he's done. He's done quite well for himself over the past two seasons at League One, and he makes the jump to Phoenix. Phoenix, they offered him. They offered him a very competitive wage, a very very competitive wage, and not 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 you know, not even close to minimum salary. So, I've not experienced. I think top talent will get rewarded. Um, I think guys who uh, maybe maybe historically in their career, maybe they're injury prone or maybe they they can't make it a whole season. You know, maybe they lose a little bit of leverage in terms of negotiating or maybe if they're out of contract. Right. Um, maybe they lose a little leverage. But I have not experienced anybody, any any teams. Now, don't get me wrong. They're not throwing they're not backing up the, the Brinks truck to you and giving you a million dollars. Right. But. It, the wages are going up. The wages are going up because they see like Phoenix, you guys, you guys are a great example too. You have a sellout crowd because it's a cool environment to be in. The team is competitive. You have, you have goal scorers, right? Proven goal scorers historically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there is massive economic, there's, there's benefit to it. You don't, nobody wants to go support a, a loser. Right. So you guys go through, you guys spend your hard earned money to support the team, to buy the merchandise, right. To have, 
coverage like this that we're doing, that, you know, that we're currently on, it, it makes sense. It makes sense to invest. It makes sense to invest. And it's not an investment that you're going to get a, a, a automatic return on. Right. But if you have a goal, a long term goal, then you can steadily build day after day, good day on top of good day, just like as a player. And then you have a, a ticket that's hard to come by. And then you get that. And it's like, oh, man, we are we're loving it. But it's because it's because you have uh, a plan in place, you, you know, and it's a long term thought. It's not just let's go day by day. No, it's let's let's expand on this. So I do want to get to San Antonio FC here. So but uh Rafa, any, and I hate cutting the conversation short here, but we are at about an hour here. So Rafa, any final questions and then go to Royce, uh, you know, for final questions. Just ask Cody for a young player, you know, 18, 19, do you, would you recommend going through USL or MLS to get to Europe? Kind of the case of scenario like uh, Jose Gallegos. Yeah. What would be the easier track for, for a player that has those aspirations? Yeah. that Rafa, that's a great question, dude, because here's the thing. On field, you see it. Uh, I'm seeing it a lot more as uh, anybody with eyes can see this, right? There's talent. There's massive talent on the field. What I worry about, I worry about and is, are you emotionally intelligent enough to experience what you're going to experience abroad? Mm-hmm. It's not, and, I'm, and this is speaking from experience, it's lonely. It, and you only, see, uh, you only see the highlight reel. Right. You only see the highlight reel of, wow, I scored a goal on the weekend or, wow, I had an assist. Look, Weston McKinney is a perfect example right now. He's going to be out for an extended period of time. He's going to go through some lonely days and you're you're thousands of miles away from your loved ones. I'm sure you're missing birthdays. You're missing holidays. Right. And now it's a little easier when he's playing at Juve. Right. And he's and he's, you know, taking care of the best of the best. But. I was going to say he was at the LA Lakers game the other day. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, okay. so, but so but you're, you're saying that younger kids like uh, you're saying the younger kids. Exactly. And and it's definitely, I completely agree with you. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I completely no, no. agree with you. Um, I mean, I couldn't, I'm, I'm 34. I could not imagine going to Europe by myself, having a bit of a language barrier and you know, being hurt <laughs> and wanting, being hungry and wanting to go get a meal yes. in town and, not yes. knowing how to ask for it. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And that's what you got to understand with uh, with young people as well. And that's what I explained to them. I said, look, you're not, and this is not to dash anybody's dreams or hopes here. I want to be supportive, but you also have to be honest and, and understand what you're getting yourself into. So that's where I think, that's where I think uh, like a USL landing spot or an MLS next landing spot where, okay, maybe you're not living at home or maybe you're going away from home for an extended period of time for the first time, but you're, let's say a hundred miles away from home rather than a couple thousand miles away from home in a different time zone and all these things, right? I I just think this trajectory for players, they want it and they want it now, they want it now, and they don't really understand, they don't grasp the the total opportunity and a total, uh, you you know, um, experience, if you will. Royce, your final question? Uh, Yeah, I mean... Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about that whole thing, um, kind of, kind of the path to Europe, um, and obviously, um, uh, uh, kids playing and, and how they go. I do know that SAFC, man, a lot of their Academy kids, I think the only Academy kid that, well, there's two Academy kids that have, that are still playing professional, uh, from the, from their top year, 
Um, and that's Gallegos that went abroad. And mm-hmm. um, one of our uh, backup center backs um, is also an academy kid, and I'm pretty sure he's going to make the starting day roster. Um, everybody else is playing college. Everybody else has gone to college. There's been right. double digits of kids from the player academy to go to college. And like you said, that sets you up for success because you have that four-year degree, but at the same time, when you get out, you'll be 22. You can still light the world on fire and you can still go abroad. Uh, you don't have to go abroad when you're 18. You can go when you're 22 and you can still make a big difference. I mean, um, there's players now that are doing it that are in their 20s. Um, man, Paul Ariola is almost in his 30s and he had his first taste yep. of Europe this past yep. um uh, this past season, um, as well as Jordan Morris, who never got a shot, unfortunately got hurt abroad and is one of his first matches. But at the same time, right. it's there is a time limit, but getting your four year degree does not it, that that's not that time limit. And, yeah, and I and think, that's that, yeah, that, well, that's that's the other thing is you can you can very realistically, even if it's online school, right? You go to training, you're not training 24 7, 365. Now, having said that, you you're a pro in the way you handle yourself the 22 hours that you're not, not on the field, right? That's the reality of it. Training is one thing, right? You got to be focused there, but it's how you spend your time off of it. You can very, very, you know, it's, it's realistic to say I could take online school. I could further my own education while, while doing this. It's just, I do worry. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people and a lot of young people that think I'm going to go from point A to point B immediately it's like, no, that's not, I'm not trying to, again, not trying to dash your dreams here. That's not reality. That's right. not reality. So. And, and, and I do know, um, I mean, you say that, um, I know one of the USL programs they have is through, oh, buddy, um, Western New Hampshire University. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, one of those online, but I know Mikey Lopez just got his, I think he got his yeah. bachelor's or his master's through there. His bachelor's um, degree, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can do it, man. You, you can you can do it because, again, front loaded career path. You're going to be a person much longer than you're a professional player. Hundred percent. Actually, that's, uh, a, that's a good tagline. That's a great tagline. You're yeah. going to be a person longer than you're going to be a player. Yes. Set yourself up for success. I love that. That's great. Actually, like Club America do, did that. I was speaking with Guillermo Naranjo, who was the academy director when I was with the with the academy coaching here. He mentioned while during his playing days before they got to the first team. Playing with the kind of the uh, the Fuerzas Basicas, they were they were doing online classes just in case if they didn't make the first team or get signed by another first team, yes. they already had three, yes. you know, nice. to move on, you know, to the next chapter of their life. Yeah, so you're talking about the one percent. Do a good thing for do that to help those players. Absolutely, absolutely, exactly. Cody, like I said here, uh, it's thank you for your time. Like I said here, I know Sunday evenings, you know, you know, with you and your family, taking the time out for our show, much appreciated. Like I said here, uh, whenever I saw you at the stadium, like I said, I know you so, uh, signed my OKC Energy scarf uh, a couple, of, you know, many many years ago, uh, but you were always cool to us. And, and like I said here, the banter was always fun going back and forth uh, yeah. between you and, and like I said here, um, as Robert mentioned, you know. Uh, you know, Robert's, I guess, apologizing for you. I yes, think you Cody. That Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no need to apologize. No need. It's, I, I love Although it. you did beat RGV <laughs> in their first uh, playoff year. So yes. like I said here, I was very excited yeah. about Thanks. that. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. You know, like I said here, it's, it's always a pleasure. And Ginny Check, which I'm sure you yes. know, 
uh, as well as to take care of Cody. And then I, I know uh, uh, Retro Sports also said that you know the greatest uh, keeper OKC ever had, and, and thanks for the memories. So thank you for that, uh, for that here. But do want to appreciate you, you know, for coming on. It, it's very much appreciated. And like I said, anytime we can help you out, uh, you know, uh, getting any messages out, uh, please reach out to us, especially if it's to you know concerning San Antonio, which is what we do. But even if it's just USL or soccer in general uh, for that absolutely guys thank thank you for the opportunity and i really really enjoyed it and i'll be uh i'll be supporting you guys this year you can't support tulsa <laughs> that's right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you cody thank you guys thank you. all right that was cody lorindy uh like i said here uh to me, one of the greats uh, of uh usl um and like i said here going back to nasl years uh, where he was on the bench uh, for the first uh, Scorpions game for us old-timers uh, back in 2012 uh, for that here. So um, as I mentioned here, uh, much appreciation to that. Uh, Royce, uh, I saw that you got kicked out of the uh, tactical board. If you can uh, refresh that uh, for that here. Okay, I'm going to do that again. Okay, fair enough. And also, um, um, I noticed this way too late, but Raf and I are twinning right now. So good good job. <laughs> go. I noticed yeah. that as well. <laughs> So, like I said here, for you know, a couple of things coming up. Number one, it's it's finally here a game week uh, by uh, San Antonio FC. Um, they had a friendly on Saturday, if you'd call it. Um, I'd call it that. <laughs> I, oh. I thought it was more the academy team. Uh, I think we lost uh, Rob. Playing play uh, um, El Paso, which. Yeah, that's what it ended up being. It was the San Antonio FC Academy against El Paso's first team. The result looked it, and it was it was interesting. Uh, my uh, my hot take on it um, is it's a long season. It's going to be a very long season. Um, what are we playing? Thirty four matches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and the physical mat the physical method of play that. Uh, the Marcina method. Um, I don't blame Marcina for not really going too hard in the paint um, in the preseason. I know well, last especially after year, what happened last year with RGB. Exactly. That's what I was Maloney came on and then he missed the first quarter of the season, third no, of the season. No, half, at least half. He didn't half get on until like August, man. It was a while. He had a bad injury. Um, I know PC left the match early and then that probably contributed to him being out for a couple months during the season, which really hurt us. There was a lot of injuries that um, started from that preseason. So I think this preseason is taking it easy. Just, Hey, you know, w- most of the players are returning. So we have that luxury. And and like I've told you and, um, and Rafa, the two most important players, the two, most intricate players that have the most to do are PC and Mo, and they're both returning. Everybody else is kind of, you know, it's pretty straightforward as a center back, you know, the, their method of play where one goes, one goes, yes, that's a little difficult, but not too hard to um, sort out. The uh, fullbacks are just going to be running up and down the whole time. That's, that's not too hard. They're going to be involved in the offense a lot. The two most dynamic players are going to be PC and Mo. They're going to take over for other players. They're going to have that double pivot in the midfield. They're going to be doing a lot. The three forwards are going to be the three forwards. It's going to be the same thing. Hey, here's the ball. Go score. Um, I, I don't know how crazy 
um, their tactical instructions are going to be. But I think, like I said, the two most important are going to be returning players. They know the system. I think that's fine. I think we'll be we'll be good with that. And also in the season, it's not really how you start; it's how you end. Um, and uh, I, I you think say we'll, that, but you you can this- you can definitely. I mean, you can really shoot yourself in the foot in the beginning of the season. Don't get me wrong. You can't qualify for the playoffs in the beginning of the season, though. No, but uh, if if you look at at because uh, you know there's only one two team this year in the West, um, and that's Los Dos. If you look at the the list of quality teams, it's more than seven. Um, I think it runs probably ten nine but ten. I I don't even think I don't even think this is. A, it's a competition thing. I think it, it's just a normal thing. If you lose the first three matches in a row, okay. You got you to run, yeah. it up. If you lose the last three, okay. You might be screwed, especially if the last one is your only playoff match. But, Robert, we're going to get into that about who we yeah. think is the starting keepers and stuff here uh, momentarily. I'm waiting for Rafa to reconnect here. Yeah. I do have an interesting theory here. Um, Oh no! And like I said, this is just Harry's a ten. Theory. A, a, need to do like a Twilight Zone Harry's a, theory, ten foil theory here, because we Carter, have three starting, ten. three starting keepers. You know, Far Bonilla and and, and Matt Cardoni. Do you think we keep all three, or do you think Matt comes back? You know, let's say he starts the first game and then they sub him off, and that way he gets a proper, proper send out. Or you think he's, he's back for the year? He's back for the year, baby. Prepare yourself for the beard. Um, SAFC has learned their lesson, and this is something that Cody would be happy with. Um, SAFC learned their lesson last season. They really um, went by the seat of their pants in the goalkeeping position because it was Cardoni, who luckily he did end up getting hurt, but luckily it was the last game of the season. It was Cody and it was Carlos. Or it was uh, Matt and Carlos. That was it. Mm-hmm. That's all it was, man. That is not a good way to go into a season that that's in retrospect, that was fast and loose and not great. Um, but this season, like I said, I think they've learned a lot from that. They saw that Jordan Farr was a, a free agent and be a fan favorite quickly. That's a no brain signing right there. They had probably already sent out feelers to uh, Christian Bonilla's people. Um, Who's representatives because they really wanted a keeper that is more apt at playing with his feet. That'll be interesting to see. And that'll be interesting to see him, like Cody was saying earlier, him break the lines, um, kind of like a Manny Neuer type. Um, so that'll be fun to see, especially with how fast Shannon Gomez and as fast as Didi Traore are. He's going to be looking to give them um, service so they can go up and um, – and they can uh, go have an effect immediately and have a quick uh, counter um, that we can take advantage of. Um, so that's exciting to see. Um, but no, the Matt Cardoni experience is still here for 2022. Jump on the train, come aboard. We got three goalkeepers, <laughs> three very good top goalkeepers in the league. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be. I wonder if they're using him also more in the academy side as well, uh, just because he is a little bit older um, along those lines here. Maybe. Um, uh, for that here. And like I said, if you'll click on it here. So this is the lineup that uh, Rafa sent out to me here. Uh, real, quick, he, real quick, 
let, let me interrupt and be and be a jerk. Uh, you talked about academy. I'm gonna before I forget the point. Did you see that academy goalkeeper that SAFC has? Yes, he's a beast, giant. Holy crap! Yeah, maybe that's the dude that Cardoni. <laughs> I don't know how he'll fit there, but take him under his wing. The dude yeah. was taller than him, and everybody he, by like he was three. thicker. He was thicker, and you know he wasn't big like me, right. but he was a big kid. He's out. He's out, and he's tall. Yeah, he's yeah. He, he he's all, he's all cool. muscles here. Uh, <laughs> so this is this is uh, Rafa's starting lineup here. Uh, Bonilla, uh, Fabian Garcia, Tanner, uh, uh, Carter Manley, uh, Didi Torre, PC, Abu, Maloney, uh, which I think is a little bit of a surprise, Beckman, uh, or Beckford, pardon me, uh, David Larrera, and Patino. So, Rafa, explain your lineup here, you know, because I think, you know, I think back the, I think. The from the midfield back, I think everybody's pretty much in agreement, with the exception of possibly your your fullback here uh, for that here. And Maloney's been there a while. You you know he has that chemistry. With some of the like I said, yeah, some of the returning players there in the midfield. So it makes sense in him him starting, but you probably maybe go like a half or sixty minutes, and then you bring in your, your other wingers in. And, then, and, and, also, and also, you know, he'll probably, you know, there may be some games that he maybe said, uh, we know that we probably have an advantage over those teams. And I think they'll bring him in for the real tough ones that we know that we're going to need his experience to get us over the hump. So that's why I have him starting, starting, starting there. But like I said, it's, he's, like I said, he's interchangeable too. So you can also play in the back as well because he's that much, you know, a, a great, you know, Kind of like a switchblade of a player, so and then up front, I, I, I put speed up front because those guys are ball sharks, and I think that's going to help Partino get some, get some double digit goals this like little I think even more from last year, especially with Beckford. Beckford, I think if he can do what he did for Haji Berry, Partino is going to you know do you know do well, and I and also not get double teamed because. That's the key thing is as long as we don't get Pacino double teamed and Laura, I think Laura is going to take that spot to Gallegos or the or Parado, that kind of that, that fast player that can dribble through people. It's just going to, he's going to, those two are going to bring the attention away from Pacino. That way Pacino can do what he needs to do up front. So for, and looks at here, this is the Detroit city, uh, Lineup. I've spoke with Red uh, through a 451 podcast here. Uh, for that here, this is who he he anticipates the formation uh, to be. He also mentioned a couple of things, kind of in discussion with him. Detroit City is one that doesn't necessarily need possession, and they also play very clean. Like, and I know it's Nisa, so you know, give or take, but they were the best team in Nisa. But they had the fewest yellow cards compared, and where you know, I know uh, um, Nicholas Murray. If you check out his USL uh, Western Conference preview, uh, he mentioned 94 uh, for our number, which is the number of yellow cards that we had uh, for that here. So to me, it'll be kind of interesting. I think you'll see a couple of familiar names. Uh, Pato, uh, you know, uh, for here is uh, a forward that you know, he mentioned Pato may or may not start here. 
Maxi Rodriguez, uh, obviously former San Antonio FC. Pato played with St. Mary's. And you'll see their number seven, Billy Forbes, uh, was recently signed as well here. So there is going to be – Maxi's already tweeted that he's coming home, uh, which is awesome to see Maxi. Um, and I don't know if you've followed the growth that he's had uh, for here. But um, so, Royce, this will be kind of the setup that they have set up here. Uh, kind of show me with what you uh, think is going to happen uh, with your lineup here and how, how should we attack because um, they run, looks like you're a very similar back uh, back five that we do. You're on mute. You're on mute, Rafa, or Royce. Oh, sorry. Still on mute. There you go. Oh, there we go. All right. right <laughs> Let's see if this it's, it's going to kick me out of the thing. That's what I thought. No. Um, so basically what I'm going to have is I'm going to have Shannon come in here for Maloney. Um, I think they're going to utilize the speed on the wings. I think we're going to be more stout defensively in the middle. I think PC and Abu are just going to sit in front of these three. And you're going to have Taintor and Carter kind of come out a little bit more. And I think you're going to see Shannon and uh, DD. Uh, be a little more advanced. I don't think uh, you're going to have Lorea in there just because you're going to have your fullbacks be advanced. I think you're going to have DeShane kind of tuck under. Um, I think you're going to have Patino kind of come up. I guess I should stop at the center, center line. I think you're going to have Elliot and kind of Patino in this kind of formation. I think you're going to have uh, Beckford kind of more or less tuck underneath them. Um, in possession, uh, he will come out on the wings and he will um, play off of Triore and Gomez here. But I think what you're going to see a lot of, and it'll be interesting to, to see, and there's two things that I'm going to say keep your eye on. Um, you do have Patino who gets fouled a lot. You have Beckford who's going to get fouled a lot. Uh, he is fast. He is very tricky. And I think he's going to get fouled quite a bit. Same with Shannon, same with Triore. Um, if you have... Uh, any free kicks, your free kick specialist that's not PC is going to be Fabian. So that'll well, be... I think he'll uh, be the free kick taker, right? Even over PC? Yeah. That's right. That's what I'm saying. This is going to be your free kick, ta free kick taker, which would be interesting to have a center back in that position. Um, at the same... So that means uh, Fabian is going to be distributing a lot, as well as Bonilla is going to be distributing a lot to the wings. So we're going to be attacking a lot on the wings and we're going to be defending heavily in the middle. So watch out for that. And that kind of takes away their best player. That takes away Pato. That takes a play Hopano. That takes a play. Uh, that takes away uh, Maxi because they're all going to be attacking more or less in the middle here. Um, and we're, that's where we're going to be strongest. We're going to attack out wide. So that's going to force them to come wide. And when it forces them to come wide, you're going to have Beckford come in the middle PC's going to get a little bit more advanced, and you're going to have Patino come uh, and uh, Collier be more advanced. So um, at the same time, uh, the formation that I'm showing, we're going to be running that uh, because we are um, going to want to look uh, – we're going to be want to attack more um, uh, this uh, Detroit City outfit uh, just because they are um, not necessarily um, the most – experienced in the championship level uh they're not a top they're not a top club say like you know like a phoenix or, or whatever 
I know a lot of people say they're the Nisa All-Stars, but I think you're going to see a, a lot more attacking lineup from SAFC. Um, if it wasn't, and, and that may um, also contribute if we're looking for a late goal, look for Mo or PC to get subbed out or Mo or PC to come out, PC to come out to the wing and Mo to be in the middle. And they'll uh, probably bring in Larea, uh, and Larea will tuck underneath. So then you'll have Beckford uh, wide. Uh, you may have, you'll probably have uh, Mane. I'm already calling these subs. You'll probably have Mane out wide. You'll probably have uh, Beckford out wide. You have Shannon. Uh, you may have uh, Trior out wide. Like I said, PC is probably going to be out. You'll have Mo. Um, you'll have Patino in the middle. Uh, and you'll have Larea kind of tucking behind in the Nathan position. So then you'll have that that um, little forward four diamond that we're kind of used to, along with the um, fullbacks coming in if we're chasing a goal. So look for that um, formation change as well. But that's kind of what I'm guessing we are going to uh, play in um, for this uh, opening match um, on Saturday. And I'll say this uh, for on Friday um... – I'm, you know, I'm going to discuss uh, Detroit City uh, with Red from 451 Podcast, and we'll kind of go into more on the Detroit side and kind of their story and background. Uh, but in discussing with them, he men- mentioned Maxi is going to be probably the more attacking uh, for that, more of the box-to-box, and Brad's more of the defensive, you know, stay, stay back home here. So um, it'll be kind of interesting to see how Maxi, you know, in, in attacks here. Um, he also mentioned, you know, Connor Roots uh, is is a player that they, they'll come through. And then, um, you know, Billy's Billy. Uh, you know, Billy. he'll be on that left side. He'll take over for Francis uh, Atuahine. Atuahine. Uh, he'll take over in that spot and he will obviously attack our spot there. And that's when, whenever Billy comes in, I think you're going to see uh, Maloney come in. Especially if we have the lead, you're going to have Maloney try to shut him down along with, uh, along with Manley. But, what I want to see are who are our backup center backs because I we know we don't one. have any. Well, we, we don't have anybody. Holt. I'm pretty confident Holt's going to make the uh, starting lineup. But other than that, uh, obviously Diouf has some experience as a center back with Austin, so maybe he is kind of a backup center back. We'll see. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm expecting two, three, maybe four player signings this week. And it's uh, got to be four on top of the, the academy because yep. they've got what 11, what 17 with three goalkeepers. Uh, so you'll have four signings to probably have a total of 21 minus your academy, which will make like your team of 25 or, you'll have four. or 25. But I think they need think, to get. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Rafa. I would say honestly, they do need to get a. a more more defensive players because I think we're pretty set up top. I think we're set in the midfield. Maybe maybe a backup. Uh, maybe a, like I said, well, as far as the wings, so I think we need do need to see have a backup for PC or Abu. I think we do need like a third holding mid, as just to to and like I said, just to because you know PC he gets cart and and. We need to get we need to get somebody that has some experience that can play alongside with Abu. We can plug them in in there, and also remember, PC has also had some troubles with injuries too. So exactly. that and that was a factor last year. But I'm glad we got Abu. You know, he kind of stepped that up, but still, we were still hurting there in that in that central defensive area. Um, 
so that's sort of like I said, and then maybe another maybe another winger. We could bring another one, but that like I said, I, as far as don't count on the academy players to be plugged in. The only time they'll be plugged in is you're going to see them during the, the Open Cup. But as far as the USL games, these you know these are going to be the ones you're going to see time to time. Do you think Colt gets signed to a full contract or to an academy contract? Academy contract. I think he may he may still be looking at his options going right. elsewhere, go college. I think I think he's probably still going to be on an academy contract. I don't think he's ready yet. I think he still needs a little bit more season, and then there's no reason to throw him in the fire right now. Right. I mean, you know, he needs to. Depending on what he can do in the U.S. on like I said, the Open Cup, maybe we want to plug him in there. And some of the friendlies, we'll, we'll see. Because you also have our uh, Rocky uh, Perez. He's, he's another one. I think he's. I think he was a little bit more ready than him. As far Dude, as... I, sure, Perez went to college, though. So Yeah. But, like I said, we'll, we'll see what, what they're going to do there. But they definitely need to bring in at least two, at least three defenders and probably another holding mid to solidify this team. Yeah, I th- there's got to be player movement this week. And to be honest with you, it's going to be player movements for both teams because uh, Detroit City doesn't have a backup goalkeeper yet. Um, I know Cody mentioned, and this might be why we're not seeing player announcements as of yet. Um, the you know, what, I think San Antonio had, what, four, five, six MLS loans last year uh, <laughs> for that here. If that's drying up, um, you know, I think San Antonio does a good job of trying to forecast things, but I think with this being the first year of MLS Next Pro, you know, I don't think people really knew what to kind of expect. And, and you know, MLS Next Pro is a whole different uh, story. They just came out with with their schedule uh, along those lines here just last week. So um, that might be a, a little bit, you know, slowed some things down on trying to see. Hey, is there going to be player movement? I think there still will be. I don't think it'll be quite to the numbers that it was because there still are teams that don't uh, have um, MLS Next Pro team yet. Uh, Austin is an example uh, for that here, and I'm not saying Austin FC is going to be sending players to San Antonio by any means, but uh, just use, using them as an example. Uh, but, yeah, I would expect a busy week uh, from San Antonio FC uh, for that here. I know Jonathan put a tweet out. Um, I'm going to ask you guys this here, this question here, excitement for the season. Um, you think it's on par below above uh, from past seasons? I'm, I'm a little insulated, obviously with, with the family um, and I've been super busy. So I haven't really, uh, I do know that the crowd was <clears throat> for as bad as the weather was, the crowd was apparently really impressive for the preseason match. Um, at the same time, um, I my excitement could not be higher. Um, right, me too. But um, I, I I don't know. But from what I've seen, as far as um, like I said, as far as uh, the the preseason match, like I said, as crappy as the weather was, and as big as that crowd was, I think it's pretty high. Uh, Jenny asks, "Do you think we still get Kamiri?" So I don't know anymore. I was really hoping so. It seemed, as far as you know, vague social media posts go, um, it seemed like there was definitely some rumblings. But like Cody Lorindy said earlier in the show, 
MLS Next has really, you know, taken away a lot of possible um, signings um, for USL Championship Club. So, and obviously he may be looking to stay home more. He may have, you know, that, that's that's the free agent thing. And, and that's why a lot of teams that have players that are trialing for their uh, team in the preseason, that's why they don't list their names is because a lot of them, yes, they're, they're trying out for a certain team, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't mean they're 100 committed to that team because they're not under contract. They can get a phone call from uh, somebody else and be like, "Hey, uh, this is the contract. Sign it. Sign it. Yeah." And they're like, uh, "Yeah, that's more than what I wanted. I'm signing it. Bye." Simple as that. Uh, so you never know. Um, but at the same time, it's not looking great, Jenny. Well, we don't know about that. Um, yeah. It just we don't know and it's all speculation that's what i'm saying yeah. is that it looked awesome because there were some like i said vague social media posts but there haven't been any social media posts related to safc by that and you mentioned uh, you know it, it seems like that he's still not in the states at this point is is it doesn't kind seem of what like it, but it seems at, like. the time, at the same time people post you know, later grams where, oh man, I remember when I hung out with my buddy a week ago, post, and everyone's like, oh, what are you doing there? Buddy, you know, you don't have to, you can schedule a post a month from now and and, and to post. So he, he might be, he might be in camp. That's another thing. Media can't be at any of the SAFC practices. Well, media can't be at any USL championship practices. So shrug, who knows? So, I'm just, I'm just uh, I think for the season we're just optimism about this year. Yeah, I think I think can we build off from last year? Even though we lost, did lose some key players, but I think we've I think we've done a good enough job to replace those players. I mean, I'm not saying they're gonna do re, re, duplicate what they did last year, but if they do enough. To get to get us, you know, over that hump to the next, to get us that Western Conference Championship and get us to the final, that'd be great. And and the thing is, we one of the steps was now we have three quality keepers, uh, Tainer back, you know, and we got some good defenders. We, we added speed, added more speed, yeah. and which is was kind of I don't say where it was lacking, but it is like I said, we got some guys that could really. We're definitely faster, and that's nothing against Sam because I think I, I personally don't think Sam was used to, to uh, his best, uh, in, in my opinion. And uh, Sam Gleadel had a goal with uh, Monterey Bay in, in the uh, friendly against uh, uh, Sacramento this past weekend. Um, Connor's Connor's not exactly a speed demon. Now I love Connor, and like I said here, he's a uh, you ain't getting by him. <laughs> right. No, but, I, I, I agree. We definitely upgraded on speed. I mean, Kukutemane is dumb fast. Beckford's dumb fast. Same thing with Gomez. Same thing with Traore. They have increased speed, if anything. And so it seems like um, they've really transitioned from um, dribblers um, and, and kind of technical players to more physical, um, let's get to the end line, let's make a cross, or let's just beat everybody um, uh, to the ball. And 
we'll see how the system works out. And that's why I said we are we have that back five going where you have your two mids and the three center backs, and then everybody else full speed ahead, just go and counter on people. I think that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be sitting, we're going to be pressing, and we're going to be countering. And that speed is going to help on the counter. I think that's a big thing they've kind of learned in the last couple seasons is that um, the team system is really built for countering. Uh, Marcina has always been a press and counter kind of guy. Yes. If you remember when we won the uh, we whatever, when the Scorpions won the NASL championship, the NASL Cup, um, they won that by countering. Um, Rafa's goal, his bicycle kick started with the counter that kind of broke down. Uh, Billy Ford, no, it wasn't Billy. Um, God, I can't think of who beat it. Was a midfielder that beat somebody on the uh, left wing and they crossed it, crossed it behind Rafa. He got uh, uh connect on the corner and scored. Uh, and then the clinching goal was a Billy Forbes counter from Rafa to Billy Forbes mm -hmm. in the middle. That was exactly how it was supposed to work out. There was a breakdown. Uh, Rafa intercepted it, passed it straight to Billy. Billy beat everybody, and they won the cup. That's how the Marcina way has uh, – that's how Marcina teams have always played is that press and counter. And having a guy that when he wins the ball back that wants to dribble, that kind of gives the other team time to get back and sit back and wait. Um, and it really makes the dribblers – uh, life a little harder at the same time if you switch that dribbler out with someone who's just going to sprint with the ball or pass do a one two and keep going that's going to be a lot more effective on the counter so i think maybe they looked at that and that's kind of where they're transitioning um robert as far as omar cease this is exactly who i was talking about as far as that's why they're called trialist because they may have gotten a contract somewhere else i don't know and we're not at practice so we really can't tell you I hope we sign him because I know he was really good with Austin last season, but every team in the league also knows he was really good with Austin last season and he's out of contract. So he may have signed somewhere else. Hopefully he signs with us and he's an announcement this week. So we'll see, man. So a couple of things here, uh, show wise here. If you guys want to leave a voicemail after the game, if you go to satxsoccer.net, and if you click on this little blue icon here at the bottom, this also works on you know, on your phone as well. Uh, if you click on it, it'll leave a voice message uh, for us. So if you want to interact with the show, give feedback um, at the start of the shows, uh, we will do that. Uh, we are also looking at possibly doing a uh, Sunday morning show kind of recap here. Although I don't know if that's been determined 100% yet. Uh, so keep on, on the lookout for... Uh, that, but with it being a game week, and it was something that Royce brought up is that you know, maybe doing a you know, a recap show. We are going okay, we're going to try to do it this Sunday to where you wake up, uh, or you know, after church or whatever everybody right. does on Sunday, that you will have a game review podcast in your feed that you can listen to while you. Exactly. While you work off your hangover. Very, very nice, Matt. Um, that's our goal is to, you know, everybody goes to the game Saturday. You wake up at noon or whatever. You wake up on Sunday recovering. You'll have a podcast ready for you to go to listen. Um, um, and also right after the mat, this is what we want you to do is right after the match, leave voicemails. So we have them for the Sunday morning show so we can kind of discuss people's reaction. So that's what we're really looking for is, after the mat, if you're in the stadium, do it. You know, 
um, the final whistle goes, give us a call. Let's let's. Uh, uh, what are you, Doc Lapaka? Now came in with a gig. <laughs> so, um, but to me, it's a great interactive tool. It's yeah. it doesn't even call. It records off the website there, so it's not a phone call. Basically, you click on it. You yeah, know, it'll, your microphone will kip up. Nine p.m. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, for that here, but no. So final thoughts. Those are the two things that I wanted to touch base with. Is um, we're going to be doing a Sunday morning show most Sundays, if if possible. You know, depending on families and, and stuff like Let me that. Reiterate this. exactly. I have I have a toddler. Let me reiterate this. We're going to try to do this. <laughs> we're going to try to make this thing. It may not work. We're going to try. We're going to try. Uh, number two, my goal is, is also to have, you know, later in the week to see if I can reach out to the oppose, you know, one, you know, a podcaster or somebody from the opposing team. Uh, not necessarily to talk about San Antonio FC, but to talk about, you know, like this week, we're going to be talking about what Detroit City. Uh, I want to talk to Red about, uh, you know, you know, the path for, you know, for Detroit city to go from the amateur to NISA to uh, now moving to uh, USL championship, um, you know, how they're a community-based team. Um, and then of course, you know, his thoughts on it. And to be honest with you, you know, while we were talking this afternoon, we're both like, we have no clue what our lineup's going to be because nobody's been able to see anything. You know, you've seen the tweets saying, Hey, this is the starting lineups, but you know, who knows how it actually you know looks on the pitch here, but uh Final thoughts for you, Royce. Uh, I know you got to probably get out to uh, tend to some family stuff. Yeah, I got to give my kid a bath because he freaking smells. We were like the hour. So peek behind the curtain on my Sunday, um, I ran around. I had to fix our bathroom sink there, the drain. Long story. Uh, changed the oil. My kid helped me change the oil. Then we took batting practice off the tee for a couple hours in the garage. So we smell. So we need a shower. I need to clean my kid. Um Final thought is uh, my thoughts and prayers are with everybody in that awful scene in Querétaro. Um, and at the same time, my thoughts, my thoughts are with everybody um, in Ukraine right now. It's just, mm -hmm. and I mean, you've seen Russian soldiers come out and they've even said uh, what they've been telling us is that Nazis took over Ukraine and we're liberating Ukraine. Yeah, buddy, that's not what happened. And now, you know, they're realizing, yeah, that's not what's going on. And we've been lied to. We've been bamboozled. So, um, man, I just hope that whole situation gets sorted out quickly. It's it's awful to watch. Mm -hmm. This is 2022. We should be over war. Like, I know it's a, it's a very uniquely human thing to do, but man, it, we need to be better than this. We definitely need to be better than this. And it also goes for soccer fans, which a key example in Querétaro the other day, we need to be better than that, man. Like, yeah, uh, you can be, you know, support your team. You can be kind of angry at the other team, but at the same time, just keep it between the lines, man. Uh, if, if you have a disagreement with somebody, just have a beer with them. Just chat, talk about it. Half of the disagreements, you know, Part of the big epidemic that we're seeing in um, like road rage incidents is because you don't have to see those people. It's it's a car. You see the car and you just, you know, people start shooting into the car. There's a person in there, dude, and they may have made a mistake and they will. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't see you there. Simple. We're all human, man. Just 
talk to one another. Just understand one another. That's it. Real simple, man. Just talk, understand, come to a compromise, be an adult. Rafa, your uh, final thoughts on what's on uh, store for uh, Wednesday? For well, final thoughts, like as a prayers, just so going out to everyone in Kadetaro and then also at Ukraine. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, crazy weekend over. Uh, live stream four games this past week. <laughs> Some doozies. Got to see the state champs from the girls' side. Just, uh, I mean, they're put, if you're gonna make any bets, they're probably gonna repeat. Just, just my opinion on that. Um, great game like yesterday between O'Connor and Brennan. That was a good back and forth game and great win for O'Connor. They took control of the of the of the district lead for the girls. Uh, this week uh, we'll be going over the standings. Some there's going to be some changes on the standings, and we're getting close to bracketology. That's coming soon, within a couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully, maybe I'll do another game on Friday when I come back from Laredo. I'll be live from Laredo on Wednesday, so so I might I may sneak in at a game on Tuesday to see 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 what's going on in the Laredo soccer scene. Like I said, because that's one of the first round teams that 296A would play, and uh, Kudos. Uh, also, thanks to Coach Connell because we did our first ever co-broadcast of the live stream of the Alamo Heights streaming mm-hmm. stream. That was pretty cool. Instead of talking to myself, I had someone. So, <laughs> so thank you for, for him, and make sure to watch 5050 podcast because he'll be having some some things, some good things going on on there. So I've got uh, a final thought here. Um, obviously, Ukraine. What happened in Liga MX? Uh, you know the things that you know. As Royce mentioned, you'd think we're past that. Um, but to me, like I said here, the you know the the, the you know Katie Meyer passing away, um, captain of, of the Stanford women's soccer team, probably a future U.S. women's national team player. Uh, you know who can you know uh, you know just you know Stanford had everything going for her, and, and unfortunately, you know uh, took her life. So it's something that we all deal with, with mental health. Um, you know, you know, reach out to any of the three of us, um, you know, or contact, you know, national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Like I said, it's going to be a focus that I keep on this year as well here at the end, uh, just because I do believe mental health is important, uh, for, for all of us, uh, you know, especially for men. Um, I know, you know, men of my generation, you know, 40s and 50s, you know, it was considered weak uh, to uh, admit your your feelings and stuff like that. And, and we're finding out that that's probably not the smartest thing for us here. So uh, when you have young kids like uh, Katie Meyer passing away, um, it can happen to all of us. So, uh, you know, just, you know, just keep that in mind. Uh, final thank you to Cody, like I said here, you know, you know, I know you never played for San Antonio FC, but you know, it is a community. You were always awesome to, to, to watch and, and root against, uh, I will admit I rooted against you, but, uh, you were always a class act, you know, on and off the pitch. And like I said here, you know, you know, the few moments you'd take out of, of, of your time, out of your warm up to talk with AJ and me, uh, you know, at, you know, in one fourteen was awesome. And, and even to this day, uh, AJ, you know, still a fan, a little bit of, of the energy uh, for that here. So, guys, it's been a long one, um, but like I said here, you know, the hour with Cody, like I said, I think it was well worth it. Covered a lot of great topics. Uh, we're on to the season. So uh, let's go SAFC. 
uh, like I said here, Wednesday we will have uh, Rafa's uh, Power 15 this week, I believe. Um, we're going to hold off on that. We're going to stick to the standings. Uh, standings again? Okay, so we'll redo the standings. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna because we're close to the end. Yeah, this we'll week will be the this week will be the end uh, of the regular season. Uh, so we'll go over the standings, maybe kind of preview you know the the matches to watch out for, who's in, who's out, um, and then uh, you know Friday uh, it's gonna be I think seven o'clock our time. Uh, I'm gonna have Red on, and we're gonna talk uh, Detroit City and, and their road here. So. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Thank you, Royce. Thank you, Rafa. Thank you, Cody. Hope everybody has a great week, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Let's go, SAFC. Let's go, boys.